From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's The Power Move with John Gafford. The Power Move is back after our short Indiana Jones type hiatus. We're back. So jealous. Back again. But you should be jealous, Cole. You should be jealous. So if you have the first time tuning in, John Gafford, I am your host. With me to my left, Colt Amadon. What's going on, guys? And across from us, Chris Conwell Esquire. Chris. How you doing, guys? Man, I'm doing great now, now. I guess is good. So, yeah, you know, i, I got to start with something. We'll start out with this. So the first thing I'm going to say is, we, we you guys even know this, but we crossed a, a pretty good milestone. Pretty decent. We now have 10,000 people plus subscribe listening to this. To this? To this. And not like not like the Indian clickbank fart farm or whatever it is. Where <laughs> is that just, a good thing though? All, no, that's ten thousand people it's all squiggly lines. That might try to cancel us. Now I'm getting a little nervous, guys. You, now no. you should be you're about to get grooved and something. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, why? <laughs> no, no, no. Is that? And, and I gotta and I gotta tell you, of the ten thousand people that are listening to us, there's actually some some decently qualified human beings. Including my sister, uh, who has is very successful in not necessarily just this medium, but in uh, in radio in general. She's one of the top uh, top female talk radio hosts in the country. She's on iHeart in Denver, uh, does extremely well. And she called, and, and and the first thing she tells me to congratulate me on on how good the show is is she just goes, "Colt's a star." <laughs> Oh, I I don't know if it's a backhanded compliment by your sister, but you know what she says to me? She goes, um, you say shit that I think, but I'd never say. I'm like, is that good? Thank you. No, No, I think it's exceptional, but you know, it's, it's funny when we do this and I listen back to some of the episodes and, and some of them drift into the abyss, but I think, especially if you're just listening to this for the first time, you know, the goal here is to entertain you, obviously make you laugh, but we do drop a lot of actually good business. knowledge. just going to help you in. Uh, if you have a business, if you have a job, if you're in sales, if you're trying to get better, that's the end goal of what we're doing here. Uh, you know, you, you, you talk about who we are. I own a very large real estate brokerage here in Las Vegas. We're completely vertically integrated. We own a very large mortgage company, title company, as well as more mortgage and title companies across the country. Colt is one of the finest commercial real estate brokers I've ever met. He's been in the business forever, has forgotten more about that industry than anybody else. And oh, you're going to say I'm like the best uh, movie. No, no. Movie. Well, I mean, that, well, that's the bonus we get. Greater critic. That's the bonus we get. And Chris Connell is an exceptional personal injury attorney. Um, so if you have a personal injury case, you know, call Chris. It's not, call Chris. 702 you know, Connell. 702 Connell. I like to think less billboard, more lawyer. That should be your, <laughs> yeah. that should that should totally be your thing. That should yeah. be your name. Less yeah. billboard, more lawyer. Like less it. billboard, more I lawyer. Like if your money is going towards buying billboards, maybe you should think about yeah, yeah, maybe, where it's going. Maybe think about where it's going. Yeah. But the reason that we're just back today is because obviously we were at, on, on a monster hiatus on our on our Indiana Jones adventure and man I gotta tell you it was uh, uh, you know again if you didn't know what we were doing several months ago Chris Chris Connell for those of you who don't know is is what we like to call a seeker I am a seeker an adventurer call me that and again, they, do, they call you that and and, and, I, and he goes on all these cool adventures and does all this cool stuff and at one point I say man I, you know I, I want to go do some cool stuff too. So he goes, all right, bro. Then the next thing that comes up, you can't say no. I'm like, what? All right, cool. So like a month and a half ago, six weeks ago, he just essentially says, all right, time to go. You can't say no. I'm like, where are we going? Just say yes. 
Like I had to say yes, I think, before we actually even agreed <laughs> as to what, what we were doing. Yeah, I didn't know where we were going. Smart was smart move. Yeah, smart move. Smart move. Strong move. Strong move. So I was like, yeah, let's go. And it turns out we went to Cairo, Egypt, where Chris had somehow worked it out with the Minister of Antiquities to to do what, Chris? What do we do? To go on an actual archaeological dig in Saqqara. Yeah. The tomb of Wahati. The tomb of Wahati. The tomb of Wahati, the recently discovered. You can see it on Netflix. And we got to actually hang out with the guys on Netflix. In, yeah. The the, net, the the dudes that were in the Netflix video was who we were hanging out that's, with. That's who was showing us around Wahati's tomb. Uh, Tutankhamun's uh, wet nanny. nurses. The nanny, yeah. The nanny. And then, you know, um, because hopefully this doesn't go anywhere past this, we actually got to see, you know, freshly discovered. Um, Mummies. Mummies, uh, t- a, t- a tomb that they're still tomb. looking for an entrance that yeah. they can't find yet. Yeah. And, you know, John in his supervisory role was there while <laughs> Chris was swinging. <laughs> Swing, yeah. Was, yeah, Chris. From the like, videos. Yeah. I, I sat there, no. I'm like, is John doing anything other than just no, look at Chris? No, no, okay, okay. All right, real quick. There's always okay, got to be Real quick, think back to the scene in Indiana Jones when they're about to discover the Well of Souls or wherever it is, right? Okay, there's a bunch of dudes digging. I see Indy standing around the sunset putting his hat on. He ain't digging. Wow. Look, that's, that's the labor. But speaking of Indy, we were dropped into yes. a hole on a rope. Yes. And, and it's not. See, and I would have gone. I told John I'd have gone first. No, no. You no. second because I. What if he'd have loosened up the bolts? I don't even know if there were bolts. There, no, I, okay. This thing. No, you're no, telling no. me in 2000 or in 2021, <laughs> no, no, no. they couldn't get a better rig. You're, you're talking about five dudes on it. Oh yeah, lowering you down a sixty-foot shaft on a, a rope with a foot in a basket. It wasn't a bucket. It was a basket. Was a woven basket. I, I watched that and I'm like, how did they not spend a thousand dollars and get the metal one? I mean, this thing. Honestly, I, I, I wish people would go back. As, if you've ever been to it. a third world country, yeah. <laughs> no, he hasn't. Just yeah. from that one statement alone, like, no. why did they not make the investment in in something better? Yes. <laughs> I feel like somebody could have donated that. So, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, it was uh, it was unreal. It actually surpassed my expectations of it what did. I thought we were going to do. I thought we'd get to maybe throw around some shovels, right, pick up right. some pottery, be like, "Wow, this is four thousand five hundred years old." Yeah. And it was like, "Here, welcome to the site." Guys, the guys dusting off mummies that they've just discovered, reading <laughs> yeah. the hieroglyphics yeah. in live time. I was yeah. in real time. I was, was jealous crazy. that you guys were going, and then I saw your videos, and I was just like, "Wow!" Yeah, I'll like, tell you, I, I don't. It, it was crazy. I'll, I'll tell you this: you know, the Dubai part of it, the in and out Anthony Bourdain power Dubai thing. Yeah. So we get to Dubai. I don't even we told you this, Colt. We get to Dubai. And literally, it's Anthony Bourdain. We got 16 hours. We're like, let's bang it all out. So we're like just jumping on apps or whatever, trying to find places to go. The first bar we go to, best bar in Dubai, closed. Not open. <laughs> so then we're like, all right, let's 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 rip over to, you're going to love this part. Walk so then, we, Trader then we walk over to Trader Vicks. We walk up. Guess what night it is? Latin night. What? Guess, <laughs> guess who's not hanging out for Latin night? These two guys. Wait. <laughs> like, oh, no. You guys no, no, missed no, no, out no. on the epic. Yeah. That probably no. would have surpassed the, the mummy. No. No, so we bail on we bail on Latin night, and then we're just like, okay, here's this bar, the red bar at the Moscow Hotel. Sounds cool. Let's go. Yeah, the red room at the, the Moscow. Red hotel. room at the Moscow Hotel. Yeah. We're like, cool, Russian hotel. Let's go. This is gonna be great, right? We get there, walk into a bar. There's 200 people in this. But first of all, we get met at the door by Igor. Igor <laughs> and Igor. And, and, and Igor was, wants to get paid, and John's yeah. like, well, we're. In, I, I guess we have to like tip the doorman. And he's like, it'll be you know, 100 bucks each or whatever. Yeah. And okay, so we go to pay him. And he's like, no, 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 pay the door. 
Yeah, no, no, no. You thought it was cr- like you pay with credit cards. You pay, you, you pay with credit cards. We felt like it was a shakedown. Like I, you got to tip me to get in here. No, see, I feel like Igor's like a cool villain name. <laughs> I think no. it's like an Arabic Igor, but yeah, well, I don't know. I, who knows? Anyway, so so we get in and we go in this bar. There's 200 people in this bar. Very quickly, we realize the guy to girl ratio is a little off. <laughs> good off, is, good off, which is or always bad a off. sign that you're not, not probably, in the, <laughs> you're right probably not in the right place, right? So we, we very quickly realize there's about 80 guys in there, yeah, probably 60 of which are are uh, like like Dubai guys, like Middle Eastern guys, 20 of which are Russian gangsters, oh, yeah, and 120 and 120 women that were all either Armenian or Russian prostitutes, <laughs> invariably. So, how, how did <laughs> the rest Americans. of that go to Americans? <laughs> Well, well I mean, we had already paid for the drink. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you had to no, sit down no. and have your drink. So, so I'm like, I'm like, this is going to make. So I immediately ascertained a couple of things. Number one, it's kind of like uh, number one. I figure out this is why I process in my head very quickly. It's like number one, it's that weird across the room stare you get at strip clubs oh, yeah. when they're like looking at you, like they're going to come over and try to hit you up for a table dance. You're like looking at your shoes or your watch the whole time, trying to avoid that. Right. And then I very also quickly realized that at some point these Russian gangsters are going to hit us with the "Why you come in here? If yeah. you don't, you come in here to look at your shoes. Why are you here?" So very quickly we're pounding these drinks down as quick as we can, assuming they were what they were supposed to be. <laughs> John's lesson from that was not only one. Now he knows how he would do in a. In a, in a prison shower situation. Yeah, terrible. Not good. Terrible. Eyes not down. Good. Yeah. Terrible. Eyes down. No eye contact. <laughs> no eye contact. Yeah. Second thing is read TripAdvisor before you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because as soon as we walk out, we pull up TripAdvisor for this bar and it just says. And it really said that? A Great discotheque, bar. Discotheque for prostitutes. That's what That's it said. That's hilarious. Yeah. It, Do you it, guys it, remember before that bar what you guys did? Yeah, we walked out on Latin night. No, walked you guys called me. Oh, oh did right? we call you? Yeah, you guys called me. It was like midnight over there. It's noon. I'm having lunch with the client, and I get a call from these two, and I'm like, "Oh shit, something's bad." This guy, it's like midnight, one o'clock. What's going on? They're calling me. Hey, top five sandwiches, which I think we need to go over that in the second half of this because I forgot we called asking yeah. for the top five sandwiches. I don't even know where that came from, but I love this list. So next, after this first segment, we can get into the top list five of sandwiches. Top five no, sandwiches. I mean Colt, why not now? What's your top five oh sandwiches? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, number five, just that <laughs> classic country club uh, club. You know, that big three-decker. That thing's phenomenal. Can you ever eat a whole one of those? <laughs> I don't think you can. Number four would just be a classic, like, meatball hoagie. That's number four. Three, a grilled Italian panini. That's number three. Number two, grilled cheese with a cup of <laughs> tomato, tomato soup. soup. We yeah. went over that. We got to hit that Number one, yeah. one is a chicken parm anything. Chicken Bagel Man- Mania has a chicken parm. You'll appreciate this. Yeah. On top of a pretzel bagel oh that's oh, impressive my gosh strong that's cult top strong, five strong. bagel top mania five. if you want to give me a free drink than, for that it's a lot so, better than so, your movies so anyway if, oh. you, if, if you just tuned in here colt's top five sandwiches you can go and tune out now but back to the egypt trip colt if that's okay with yeah, you. that's all right I, I thought that was interesting i thought i thought you guys were really held hostage and i'm like get my credit card out like what what's going on no, you weren't. You were planning podcast guests. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you thought the hell takeover yeah. was about to the be the power move with Colt Amadin. <laughs> Super nice ring comes. So anyway, so we, we leave. Other than that, Dubai, we just kind of bounced around and, and, and sight saw, and we couldn't do anything we wanted to do. We went to the top of the Burj, actually midpoint of Burj Khalifa. It was way up there, but we did the midpoint of that. Um, we we tried to go shark diving. They wouldn't let us do it because we had to fly. And then what else did we try to do? We tried to go skiing at the Indoor Mall. 
Yeah. And it was just we didn't have time. You know, to John's credit, everyone, if you want to travel with somebody that's actually about stuff, <laughs> yeah, call John, go with him. Because there's a lot of people in this world, you go places. Like, oh, well, can we go in here first? I got it. And John's like, hey, there's a ski hill indoors. We have 35 minutes. How much is it? $200 each? Let's go. Let's well, go. we're only here once. Let's so probably go, try to go skiing. Let's go. By the time we put our, like, you know, booties on. You got to turn around. I think, I think from the whole trip, the thing that I must have said more than anything else was when we'd be dead tired. Hadn't slept like jet lag like crazy. Three hours drinking 1% alcohol beer, whatever it was. Oh, and I'm just ouch. like, I look at Connell. I just say, Connell. Right here, right here. This is when our competition <laughs> quits. This is when they quit. We're not going to quit. We're going to push through. This is when they would give up. Not us. Oh man, was it? Forward. Was Dubai pretty impressive? Amazing. It's impressive. It's, it's a first world. It's a first world situation with a lot of third world, you know, issues. sort of realities and, yeah. and attitudes. So um, the dark secret of Dubai is it's basically built on slave wages, slavery, yeah. like yeah. effective human slavery and trafficking goes through there. A lot of Pakistani and Indian, I think 50% of the people that live there are from the Indian subcontinent. And a lot of things, employers, there was allegations that they'd go and work and they wouldn't give them their passports until this, that, and the other. Oh, God. Wow. It's, it, it's got a dark yeah. history of how it's kind of like, got made, kind of like the pyramids. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, the building was amazing all the way up. But, I will, but I will tell you this, you know, we skipped over the mo one of the most important parts, the flight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look. And, and we're going to talk about this. You know, this is going to segue out. We're going to bounce in and out because I do want to talk about, about something real quick. This is going to jump in, which is crisis management in business. If you're listening to this, we're going to jump into this because this is a good point. Because when we flew over to Emirates, we flew there on Emirates. And man, that business class, I, I would rather do a 15-hour flight on Emirates business class. And a two-hour on Spirit. Than a two-hour on Spirit any day of the week. It was, I mean, there's a bar in the back. You can walk up and just hang around the bar like you're at a bar. Absolutely. Uh, it was crazy the food was amazing and it was just uh, i mean honestly and and the wine list was amazing we, we i don't even remember like we were pounding wine in the emirates lounge in la <laughs> just pounding. It, that's the other thing too right you get the use of lounges yeah it made the travel it makes the travel experience so much better how much how often do you travel in a year a big trip like that once mm -hmm. and uh, people they kind of skimp on maybe that part of the experience to no. I'd rather have a crappier hotel and a nicer flight. Well, you no, I was going to say you can't though because you realize that the, the time you were there a little longer than I was, but the time that I was gone, thirty three percent of the time that I was there, I was traveling to either get there or come back. Right over a seven day period, right. that's a lot of travel. But that brings me to this point about crisis management because there's a little crisis this weekend in uh, with Southwest, <clears throat> and I was directly affected by that. Oh. And so if you didn't hear, I, you look, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a planned walkout amongst the, amongst the pilots. I don't know if it was Southwest um, doing something internally. I don't know what it was. It was but, the weather. No, it was not the weather. <laughs> but whatever it was, it was handled incredibly poorly. For Horrible. I mean, thousands of Southwest flights got canceled. Uh, this weekend, we took our kids back down to Anaheim. Yes, I went to Disneyland again against my better judgment, but it was for a trick-or-treat thing, so it was limited people in there, and it was actually very, very nice. Um, but when we flew down there, we're on the plane going down there, and a lady that was, you know, some older lady was sitting next to my wife, and you know, she was like, I'm trying to get to Florida. They keep canceling my flights. And the flight attendant was like, yeah, the weather's been very bad. It's been very bad. And the lady's like, looks at my wife. She goes, that's fake news. Yeah. And we immediately thought, this lady's off a rocker. Right. right? Fake news about the weather. Yeah. Turns out it was fake yeah. news. Yeah. Because yeah. they were just making this stuff up about everything. So anyway, we, we we go down there so much to Orange County that I didn't, I just could, didn't have it in me to drive again. So I'm like, let's, here's what I'm going to start doing. Fly, drive, fly, drive. We'll, we'll go back and forth. 
tickets are dirt cheap to get back and forth. Sure. So we get down to Orange County, we do our thing. Last day, which is yesterday, we're coming back and I'm looking at the flights and it got delayed, right? I'm like, mm, not feeling good about this. Mm. And then we're there a little bit later, got delayed a little later. I said, babe, this Southwest flight's gonna get canceled. For sure, this is done. So I'm like, let's, let's get ahead of this. So we went ahead and we canceled the Southwest flight. We killed that one. And then as soon as we killed that one, we turned around and booked against, again, my better judgment, we booked Spirit because they had a flight. I'm like, ha ha, I win. <laughs> right, not, not so, much. <laughs> so anyway, Spirit starts pushing our flight just because, I mean, they're just Spirit. That's just what they that, do. That, that's yeah. not any outages. No, 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 no. That's planned Yeah, that's just what they do. So we end up having to rent a car last night at like yeah, 10 really? o'clock to drive back from Orange County because my kid's at school today. But that is probably the best move ever. I sat there, I lost power last night watching these planes seriously it moving a hundred yards in the air. Oh, I'm like, dude. they were, and you would just see them keep circling yeah. trying to make that. Yeah. It was a crazy wind. It was, it was, it was humming. Even driving the RAV4, which was wee, had the four banger just wound, wound out on the way back three and a half hours back from, from SNA wow. to here, which is pretty, pretty good. Impressive. Um, yeah, but my thing was this, like, look, dude, one of two things happened. Either the pilots knew they were going to do this or Southwest knew this was coming. Sure. Either way, you have got to warn your customer base that there's going to be a problem. You can't be surprised that this happened. I mean, I understand because here's the deal now. If it was the pilots, I'm mad at the pilots, but right. to punish the pilots because I can no longer count on Southwest because they, they knew this was coming. Either the pilots knew or the company knew. They didn't tell me. So now I'm going to take my money elsewhere and hopefully Southwest loses money and puts the pilots out of business anyway. Right? So Southwest is is a garbage airline. It is possibly my least favorite airline to fly. My yeah. wife loves it. People love it. But there's this thing. They did such a good job in the beginning of developing a good reputation for customer service that it still lingers because airlines are so traditionally bad yeah. at, at providing customer service, right? Mm -hmm. It's just if you're not on an elite, you know, if you're not on Etihad or Emirates or something that has a reputation to maintain, they really couldn't care less, Yeah. right? So Southwest had developed this lingering reputation. You always hear that it takes a moment to ruin a reputation, but it doesn't in airlines for some reason. Mm. I don't know how Allegiant's still in business, okay? <laughs> Spirit's still in business, because people- Well, if I'm Allegiant today, I, I am literally chopping it. I'm chop, licking I my mean, chops today. If you, yeah, but so management of those companies got so lean, they tried to make everything cost-effective, cost-effective, cost-cutting, mm -hmm. cost-cutting, to be, it's a profit-driven center, right? Mm -hmm. So Southwest, um, was riding on that reputation for a long time, yeah. but it's gone now. Yeah. They failed themselves. Herb Keller had that as one of his driving principles of customer service. And the airline back then did, uh, it focused on that. Mm. When's the last time you got on a Spirit Airline flight where they actually did any of those things they used to do that were customer service oriented? Uh, it's been years. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, and can't remember doing when Southwest also, <laughs> the last crash and then the oil crisis and everything, they bought their gas out for so yeah. many years. They were able to do $49 flights, which just kept them alive. But, you know, I, there's no way in hell that it did not get leaked, leaked to the upper management that this was going on. Oh, there's, there's no way. No way, there's no they, way people are like, they were shocked. They didn't know. There's no. absolutely, there's out of thousands of pilots, there's going to be that one, hey, just FYI, this yeah. is going down. Zero so chance. Remember, save me in your grace. But that was way too organized of an event oh, yeah. for but them not to know about but it. But to your point, John, it's a great point. <clears throat> Nobody, when I was waiting for my flight back, because I had a similar thing, I flew back a couple days later than John mm -hmm. and spent another night in Dubai, 
Um, but I flew back on a Southwest flight from Los Angeles here, and my plane was delayed. It was my 21st hour of flying that oh, day, God. and it was delayed and delayed, but it was delayed like an hour or something, Yeah. right? Um, but that's it, and, and it's fine. I don't care. I'm not a fussy flyer, and yeah. I put up with time delays, but why not communicate? They Not yeah. a single moment were mm-hmm. they ever saying, hey, um, you know, we're experiencing issues right now. There have been delays. I'll try to keep you updated, but this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. This is the information I have. At no point did they do that. They just let us line up and sit there, sit there. delayed for an hour. Well, we're standing there it, waiting to board, and everybody's like, what the hell is going on? Well, listen, it, you know, right now we are in the midst of a global supply chain issue, right? right? Which is mm-hmm. affecting pretty much, if you're in any type of a business, somewhere, somehow you're feeling that. Yeah. You know, right now I have a situation here at the company, <clears throat> and again, back to how to deal with crisis, where we have one of our buildings uh, next door, the ACs are just tanked. They're just cooked. Thank God it happened today and not in June when it's there. It's gonna take 10 weeks to get the ACs. It's gonna cost 20 grand to fix them or to replace them. I gotta spend 20,000 bucks to replace these things in 10 weeks. But I don't care about any of that. What I care about is the people that have to work in that building every day. So I've been walking over there every single day telling these people, and keep in mind, this is a real estate company. The agents are choosing to work with us. They're not employees. They're independent contractors. They can take their license anywhere they want. They choose to work with us. So I'm over there every day saying, guys, here's where we are. Right. Right. Like here's, here's the bids. Let me show you this. I'm doing everything I personally can to get this done. Literally, if it gets hot again, I will break one of the windows out. We'll put a wall unit in it. Right. Like I don't even care. I'm going to do whatever we can to make it done, but I'm communicating the issue in a way that makes sense back. I'm not throwing my hands up going, sorry guys, COVID, it's just taking too long. I'm like, here's a global supply problem. Here's how this works. He's come from China. They have to get on a boat. There's a backup at Long Beach that goes all the way down to Newport Beach for the port. They can't get stuff off the boats. It's a 10 week backup to get the units. This is where we are. So I'm just not, sorry, you know, I'm just not doing that. You look at Southwest, I mean, especially on a Sunday, NFL Sunday, people don't realize there are a lot of people that travel for these games. Sure. And mm-hmm. so not only are they pissed because maybe it costs them a couple hundred bucks that they'll get back, but no, they, they missed out on selling their tickets for six, 700 to a thousand dollars. If you'd have told them 12 hours ago, Hey, this is going to happen. Okay. They could either a find a different airline or B sell their tickets. Like you're better off of just being upfront and honest. I always tell people, you will not know if there's a problem unless it's a problem I know is going to be an issue. Yeah. If that can't be fixed. And if you know you're having a walkout, there's no way in hell you're fixing that in 24 yeah. hours. Then you tell people. Well, let's say, not, not let's say they didn't know. No, let's there's say no way. There's that no possible? way. Give them the, give, suspend disbelief. All right. Suspend disbelief. Let's say they didn't know. Mm. Don't come up sake. with the weather. At the end of the day, come up, tell me after what's happening. Why yeah. the fuck is this happening? Yeah. You know, even if you didn't know, right? The, the weather the weather was a pretty piss poor experience. Well, Especially mean, it when windy. it was windy. No, it was beautiful weather except for like maybe 0.5% of the country. Yeah, you cannot blame, you can't blame that when all your hubs, it's all not, beautiful. Not, not when Delta's yeah. showing up and yeah, United's come rolling in. And, everybody's at point. Point or two percent of you know flights canceled, and you're at what thirty? Yeah, I just you know again, moral story is communication is the key to your customers, and treat your customers like you might actually lose them. 
And, right. and so many people right now are just not doing that. I mean, for example, I, you know, and again, guys, this is not, I don't want you to think that our podcast is designed for me to just sit here and just complain about businesses because it's not, except for you, Chili's, <laughs> you, Chili's, Salt Lake City. I will always complain about you and your suck-ass service. But anyway, um, no, the, the point, like I go through McDonald's the other day, right? <clears throat> and I have an imaginary blacklist where if you just completely, if you do me wrong or, you know, cause I learned from my mistakes. If I touch the stove and it's hot, I'm not going to touch it again. Right. So the McDonald's right down here, right down for the business. I'm not a huge McDonald's person, but my kid kicked ass at lacrosse practice the other day. He's like, I want McDonald's, buddy. You earned it. Whatever, whatever you want. Daddy's got you covered. There's a time and a place for McDonald's time and a place, right? We're going to get to that too. We'll talk about that. We're talking about Disneyland anyway. So we go through McDonald's drive through and it's one of those ones. Now they have a double lane one where you're trapped, right? I got you trapped. So now I'm trapped from the time I got in that line to the point where I could knock it out. It was 45 minutes till I got my food from the time I ordered my food at the little at the little thing to the time I got four cards ahead to pick it up was 17 minutes. So me having history in the restaurant business, I called the manager around. I said, Hey, um, 17 minute ticket times, the drive through dude. Right. He goes, yeah, we only got six people. And I'm like, just throwing it out there, why don't you close one of these lanes where only so many people can get through so me as a consumer can look at it and go, oh, the line's too long, we're not gonna go there. Right. Save 45 minutes of my life, rather than trapping me and having me furious and never wanted to come back. And his response was, they won't let me do that. Right. And I said, who's they? And he goes, "Corporate they. Yeah. <clears throat> and I said, okay. Well, you know why? Those are designed to keep you in. To trap you. They're designed to trap you. Yeah. They have more funnel. Lane. If you notice, why do you need to? It's not the parking. They actually had to negotiate that and pay higher in their lease for that. Yeah. Right. How many parking spots did they have to give up? You know, they when you develop. Yeah. No. How see, many parking spaces yeah. are at a premium in, in yeah. malls? But you, but you do that. But you look at this way. So you go to restaurants, though, and you see a bunch of tables that are open. You're like, can I get a table before? They're like, it'll be 15 minutes. Yeah. It's because they don't have the staff to take care of you. Right. Everybody's short staff right now. Right. Everybody is. So if you are in a business... Only, you know, again, crisis management. If you're short-staffed, only taking the amount of customers you can actually serve at a high level. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't bring in a bunch of people, piss them off. Right. It doesn't make any sense to do it that way. If you are having a crisis, a supply chain, you can't get your product, you can't get something people need. You need to be honest with them. You need to tell them what's going on and you need to let them know it's going to be a problem before it's a problem. Because, for example, Chris, if you need widgets to run your business and I sell widgets, and my widgets happen to be tied up. If I tell you, hey, look, here's the deal. My widgets are tied up on a thing. I need you to find another widget supplier for the next month. But when I come back and I get my widgets, I'm going to give you a great deal and, and get your business back. Right. I have taken care of you as a customer. I'm risking losing you. Sure. But if I you run out of widgets and you can't do your business, I'm guaranteed I'm going to lose you. Yes. Yep. yep. So that's, that's what I have to say about widgets, and that's what I have to say about that. But I will say this as we jump all over the place today. <laughs> You know, I'm going I'm to save that for, for episode two. Let's, let's wrap up Egypt. We got about four minutes left for this, but I will say this. All the stuff we saw in Egypt, and there was a lot we saw, is primarily one thing. And here's what I learned. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> let's talk about the, the, your takeaways. Remember what? Driving was insane. Oh, There's three million people, four traffic lights, and there's 21 million people. Oh, I'm sorry, 21 million people. There's literally four it's traffic population lights. Population of New York. Yeah. In a city with no traffic lights. Really? So yes. Think about that. And, and survival it, 
you learn to survive. It's spawning upstream. Salmon. Yeah, it is. That's what it looks like. It looks like salmon spawning upstream. And like at one point, a guy came flying by us on a motorcycle. Heisman like a, like stra- a straight up, a straight up Honda with a probably four year old on the front, his wife behind him carrying a baby like the Heisman football trophy. Wow. Yeah, and like babies. We hanging saw out a kid of, get hit. We saw a kid get hit. He was, he was off to the side with the bloody face and all that stuff. And people were just like, get the, just pass, get, like, get, get out, out, get off the road. Your fault. Yeah. That was your fault for yeah. being and, in and, the road. And we, we asked our handler guy, we said, dude, you know, because all the cars are just banged up. Everybody's just got banged fenders and banged tents. I said, do you guys even stop if there's a wreck? He's like, excuse me, we are not uncivilized. Of course we stop. We stop and we fight. Fight. And he goes, and then someone that sees it says, no, it was this man's fault. And he goes, and then we decide how much it cost. And, and then we pay, pay him each right other. Pay him right there. Pay him, we're done. Really? So shout yeah. out to Hussein, by shout the way. Shout out to Hussein. Amazing. I'll put a link to him in the bio here for what, what you want to yeah, see. If Hussein, you wanna, if you want to go to Egypt, that's your guy. You, I was talking to JJ, the guy that helped us set up this mm-hmm. trip up. And we can deal with that later about, you know, yeah, the, yeah. that kind of situation. But um, he goes, I need a Hussein everywhere. Yeah, no like kidding. You need a Hussein sometimes. Everybody needs a everybody needs a Hussein. Our man yeah. in Egypt was great. So the, the traffic was incredible. The level of abject poverty in that country, um, remarkable. In, in, remarkable. Yeah. And the fact that those people are just are living and existing in that level of, of, po- of poverty. I mean, it, it's 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 bad. And, and the point being is, when I saw that, I immediately thought, <clears throat> if you are lucky enough to live in this great country that we live in. I don't care if you're dumb enough to put, you know, you can argue with the politicians all you want. You can, you can hate on, you can do what you want. If you are God lucky enough to live in this country, you have absolutely nothing to complain about. You won't realize that though, until, until you see how bad it is for the majority Mm -hmm. of human beings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the fact that we can chew our eyes. No. Drink our water. <laughs> well, that was a whole other thing, but no. no but like simple, <laughs> no. simplistic, no, 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 simple buddy. stuff. No, 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 Not having your having genitals water. mutilated if you're a woman. Yeah. Yeah. 87.5% of, of Egyptian women have had their genitals mutilated. It, I mean, you, you, it's easy to complain about, you know, I only have the iPhone 11 right. or whatever. It's easy <laughs> right, to right. complain about. And that's like I said about travel. I've never met a well-traveled racist. Yeah. I've never met somebody who's traveled that doesn't realize well, here's the one caveat to that, John. You go to Dubai Airport, then you go to Cairo Airport, <laughs> then you land in LAX and that piece of shit. <laughs> you go, <laughs> where am I? Where am yeah, I? LAX yeah, I is I a dive, yeah. Deceiving, yeah, third world country. <laughs> but no, e- Egypt is a remarkable, fascinating place full of treasures from a foreign, uh, an ancient civilization. Yeah. Thousands of years ago, they were doing things that were beyond remarkable. It's not right. aliens. No. They have literally, you, you go, the glyphs. John, yeah. you see how they did stuff over time. They have the evolution of pyramids there. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't somebody dropping one down. Like that's the dumbest yeah. thing you ever yeah. heard once you go see it. But to, to the point about poverty and about appreciating what you do have, there's nothing more you should invest in than a trip to a third world country and really go see it. Because a lot of those people are very happy anyway. Yeah, they, they're, they're not. They're oblivious. living their lives. They oblivious. They're just. And, and they don't need your sympathy. They nope. don't need your whatever. Well, it's it, just like it's, you don't realize yeah, how little you, you need. need yeah. Right? yeah, you don't need a lot. You yeah. want a lot. Yep. Yeah, well, that's you want what you want. Like my wife grew up super poor, right. super poor, like uh, crazy poor for American standards. Not that right, but she goes. Everybody else was super poor around us. Like, yeah. you don't yeah. know any better at that right. point. And, and, like I said, people confuse wants and needs right. all the time. Yeah, and in and, and this concept that people, the, like, the government should pay for, you know, oh, my, they should pay for my student debt. Dude, be happy you got to go to school. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about, like, 
elementary school. Right. It's, well, it's just a clean without, you know what I mean? You, you go to other places too in India and you see people amputated. You see, like there's all of these issues that we don't face, right? You're so cocooned from the reality of how this planet actually works. Yeah. In a lot oh, of ways. Yeah. Now there's other countries that do things well, and I'm not saying be complacent, right? You can always improve. You should always want to improve your system. But I, you know, the thing I love the most about Hussein was, we talked about this, was Hussein believes in his country. He loves his country. This is a guy that's a, a little bit short of a PhD in Egyptology, super bright guy. And obviously very much care. Like he has, he's had opportunities to go to London and work there and do his thing there. And he doesn't want to leave his country. He Comes believes back. in his country, um, which I love about him. So let's take a quick break. We're going to pick up more about Egypt. We're also going to talk about a couple of things, including just all kinds of stuff. You know, I, I want to talk about parents' responsibility in the weight of their children. Cause oh, obviously wow. I was at Disneyland this weekend and uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we have things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at the John Gafford. I'm here. Give me a shout. Back again from the break. Back again. Guys, did I even, did we talk about our subscriber count? Did I even mention that? Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you how many we have now? Did I tell you? No. No. God, you know, it's funny. I started at the beginning of the show. I was going to mention that and I forgot to even tell you what it was. We have surpassed 10,000 subscribers. Amazing. 10,000 people. Thanks, Colt. I know we're listening to this. 10,000 people are listening to the, are tuning in weekly to listen to the mind of Colt. Yeah. Which I think that's what it is. Like I said, he's the DJ Khaled of the podcast. It is. Another one. He really is. If you want your podcast to blow up, you should really just have Colt on for a while. And then there you go. You look what happens. Yeah, 45 minutes. But here's the thing. Like, I got friends in the podcast in the podcast game, if you will. Like my buddy Travis Chappell, I was talking to him. He's got a he's got a really highly rated podcast on Apple. And I, and I said to him, I go, bro, I said, you know, we're just past 10,000 subscribers. How, like, how is that? He goes, how many episodes do you have? I'm like, I think we're, we're recording like 14 or 15 now. He's like, dude, that's amazing. That's great. So yeah, man, I just, I thank hope you, you guys are, enter- you. I hope you guys are listening. I hope you're entertained. I hope you're picking up some, some, some helpful stuff in life and business and everything else. Cause that really is why we're doing this and what we're doing here. But back to Disneyland, back to Disneyland. So I gotta tell you, man, when I was at when I was at my mastermind group last time, and one of the guys was up there was talking about mastering mind, spirit, and body, and, and the whole deal, right? And he said, like, if you go to an airport and you look at like a hundred people, you know, eighty of them will be terrible, and ten of them will be somewhat in shape, and five of them will be really, and then there's like maybe one or two people out of that hundred that are like, that dude's really in shape. Yeah. He's like, that's what you want to be. You want to get there. And anyway. So as I'm at Disneyland, I'm sitting there at one point, I'm just like, stare, I just picked a, a line in the abyss, right? And I said, everybody that crosses this is going to be my, this is going to be the line, right? I just want to see what, what we're working with here is America. Let's get a hundred person sample that we're doing. I saw not one super fit person. Now, great. You, like, you are in Disneyland. Yeah. Well, hang on. Well, let's be defensive. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, dude, I'm oh, not super Lord, in shape. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, oh. I don't have an eight pack. I'm not ripped, but I don't feel that myself. I, I don't look at myself as obese either. And I'm not based on the BMI scale. I'm not. But as I look at this, like if you're an adult, you want to be super chunky, man, that's your business. You want to eat Cheetos all day. That's your business. But here's, here's my issue. My issue is this. So many of the kids that I saw 
were, I mean, you would just consider them obese by any, like dangerously pediatric diabetes type obese. So my question is, my question is twofold. I want to talk about this. My question is number one, what is the parent's responsibility in the way to the kids? And how much is the current climate of you're beautiful just the way you are, love yourself, everybody's perfect. How much is that actually, or is it damaging kids in the long run? So to answer the first part, um, it is 100% parents' responsibility for the weight of their children. Mm -hmm. We've started to watch, see things like weight in this country as um, something subjectively, you know, problematic. It is an objectively problematic thing. 100%. It's not a matter of, you're beautiful, you're this and that. Yeah, you are, you're a great person. Doesn't mean you're a bad person, but optimize your health, optimize your body. And then you'll get the apologists that'll say, well, there can be uh, healthy fat people. It's like, yeah, but it's not good for your joints. Your bones. <laughs> it's like Norm MacDonald yeah. with talk about smoking. Well, what about that one guy, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ned uh, Heinerson that lived to be 85. He smoked every day. Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous. Like uh, John and I talk about it. I, I'm, I'm an athlete, I've been a lifetime athlete. I'm. I'm currently on a process of lifting as heavy as I've ever lifted, but I'm in the gym three days a week on top of other stuff. So I'm, I'm on my program for what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Now there'll be a point where I'll, I'll lean down, but I'm 41, I'm not beholden anybody. Like mm-hmm. my body shape is something I work on and I figure it out. Um, but as children, they're not buying their groceries. They're no. not the ones doing, it is an absolute parental responsibility. Now, John, to your point, I've been to Tokyo Disneyland. Okay. Now Tokyo Disneyland, I've been to American Disneyland, obviously, several times. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Tokyo Disneyland. You want to talk about a human experiment? (laughs) (laughs) They thought you were a character. I'm saying, oh, Shrek. Uh, (laughs) No, they uh, they definitely. (laughs) (laughs) No. Pictures uh, with them. There's something about the Japanese I've always really, really appreciated. They are uh, amazing in terms of just how they operate. Their daily lives, I've never felt more welcome. I've never felt like a fit in a place better because fast people are on the left and slow people are on the right. It's and just you, assumed. It's you just get the hell out of people's way. You're considerate of others. Yeah. They are world-class in being considerate of others. There's no garbage cans in Disney. There's no garbage cans in Japan. People just don't create waste. They just don't, they don't litter. I would eat off the floor of a bathroom in Disneyland, Tokyo. It is spotless. It's unbelievable. Really? Unbelievable. You would not understand it. You go and it looks the same as American Disneyland. There's a tower of terror. There's all these things, mm-hmm. but everybody's standing in line politely, right? Now, I always use this as an analogy. You get that big fat guy in Disneyland who's stomping and, and, and waddling up or on a, on, a, on a cart who's grotesquely obese and who's just taking up more space than usual and unaware of other people. Mm. And then you go to Tokyo Disney and it's everybody politely in the line that they should be in. Exactly. Children waiting Perfectly patiently <laughs> or playing nicely with each other. Yeah. Phenomenal. Like, I... I it is, it is remarkable. So you see those children, not a single one is obese. Not a single one of them. So it's pure lifestyle. It's pure habit. It's pure how we operate. They, they have tablets too. They're not without technology. But I don't know what it is. It's, well, it's do, do, you, do you know, well, so I was having dinner with some family in from, I have some family from Lebanon. And we're in the restaurant. It's a quiet restaurant. They're like, Everybody hears fat. <laughs> Yelled it loud. It's and, and I just sat there. Well, you were a golden corral. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was a nice restaurant, right? And I just sat there <laughs> and I looked trough. around and I'm like, I mean, yeah, I guess they are overweight. And 
then they called me two days later and they're like, do you know why everybody's fat there? We just <laughs> went to a grocery store. You guys have like four aisles of nothing but sugar foods and stuff. They go, you'll never see that. It, it, which was crazy like to think of that. But the whole kid thing is a, it's a, it's a really touchy subject um, with people because like my kid was a little overweight. Right. And so I had to deal with this. And when I would be there at a restaurant or around a group of people and tell my son, Hey, you know, I, that's probably enough. You don't want to overeat. Sure. And I say it nicely. People would give me the evilest looks like you're, you're being mean to your kid. Well, you're calling no. it fat. And I'm like, and I used to pull him aside. I never called him fat. Never. I go, it's an unhealthy weight is the word I use. I go, and Good the only words. reason I wanted to say this, I don't care about appearances. I care about you when Health. you're 30. Health. I care about you yeah. when you're 50, you when you're 60. And this goes for me. And it took him a while, but he's dropped a lot of weight now. But in my daughter, she, you could give her everything. She's got metabolism of burn. But the way people, people would pull me aside and go, you, you can't do that to your kid. I go, what? You want me to let him be overweight and have a health issue yeah, my, and confidence yeah. issue? My, confidence. My dad too. would just be like, put the fucking food down, you fat shit. <laughs> yeah. like it was very, very yeah. direct. So, <laughs> but I, I, I would, I'd get nasty looks. I had multiple people be like, can't believe you do that to your kid. Well, kids, he's kids a kid. I'm a like, too, though. he's well, 13 years old. Okay. He's change, 15 though. years there old. Our hormonal changes. Right, yeah, absolutely. Stuff. Well, well and, and let's, and let's back up. Like, cause my kids have undefined short stature of which they get HGH every day. I know people probably like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. You're like six feet, a million and your wife's five ten. but yeah. yes, they do. You have to shoot them up with HGH and it has nothing to do with how tall they are. It has to do with their hearts or, you know, lungs, all that stuff, nope. you know, coming together as, as it is. And when we go to the endocrinologist, you see some very heavy kids there. And some of that is genetic, genetic yeah. issues with the kids. Mm -hmm. So there are exceptions, but, but the problem is, I think in some cases from what I saw, like I, I'm watching the parents diet, I'm watching what they're eating at the Disneyland the and, and there. they're mirroring Absolutely. it. And, and it's not even a, it's not even a thought process to what's yeah. going on. And I just think it's, I think, I think just like poverty is a generational problem, right? I think obesity in this country is rapidly also becoming a generational sure. problem. You, you learn these habits from, from your parents. And I, th I think, you know, it's just, it, it's amazing to me. I pride myself on being a pretty good parent, but some of the lessons that some of these parents are teaching their kids is just nuts. Mm -hmm. Not even about food. Like, okay, case in point yesterday, we go to, uh, what was it? We had some time to kill because obviously our flight got delayed. We had some time to kill. So we went to Knott's Berry Farm yesterday. Right. And I'm like, okay, we got four hours or whatever we had there, we got to blaze this through. We got to get it done. So they have like a fast pass thing, whatever you can buy. And it's not cheap. And the God bless. I'm in a situation where I can, you know, I can do that. Right. And so we bought the fast pass thing. Like, no, you just go to the, like the side little thing, fast pass. And as we walk up, I, as we're waiting in line to buy the fast pass thing, there's a long line at guest services and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Everybody's going to guest services and they kept walking away with these blue sheets, sheets of blue paper. I'm like, okay. And as we got in line to go with our fast pass, everybody in front of us had the blue paper. And I very quickly figured out what the blue paper was. ADA. It was, I'm handicapped. And dude, my, but when you, okay, listen, <laughs> if you fake being handicapped uh, for any reason, yeah. I, I, I'm going to tell you right Especially now, it may sound help. terrible. <laughs> I hope you become handicapped in some way to the point where I told my wife, I said, here's what we need to do. We need to write a, a horror movie where a bunch of teenage kids go to the fun park during fright nights, fake to be handicapped so they can kit, and then the killer doesn't kill them, 
maims them all. Yeah. Maims every last one of them. I mean, it's just such a piece of shit move. It's like, you are and, just, and dude, and I'm not talking about like three people. You're yeah. talking about tons of people were so doing I, this. I will be honest with you. My wife, <laughs> this is a terrible thing. My wife slipped and broke her ankle chasing after a yeah. two-year-old. Yeah. And so we've been going to the Raiders games with her boot on. And it's it's like VIP treatment. That, though. No, 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 no. Like, that, that, that's okay. That, that's acceptable. Thankfully that there is... You know uh, the facilities and things like no, that have. But here's the thing. But you, it's okay. You have an. You actually have. Of a course, I, I'm yeah. Just, you have a reason. No, we were we were at Great Wolf Lodge because that's where we stayed. Because the kids want to stay the, at the at the water place. I mean, if right. you've been there, it's a cool place. Whatever. And my wife is on a is on a raft with my daughter on one of the slides. Sticks her foot out because my wife is, you know, she not the not clumsiest person in the world. She sticks her foot out to try to stop them and stuck her foot in a grate. Ooh. And ripped two of her toenails completely off. Oh, Jesus. She did that. We went to Disney that night. And then we went to the Knoxville Farm the next day. And she never even thought about saying, I need to get like a, a handicap thing. But she's a, she's a good human being. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, she just, it, it just, it, yeah, if you, it, yeah, if you do that. If you're, you're ever with a handicapped oh person, though. God. And, and so, you know how there's people that will park in those white hash lines beside handicapped yeah, You things? can't. That's so that doors can open and people yes. can have get access out. in their wheelchairs. Wheelchair. If you've never been, John, this goes back to people not Third world appreciating country. stuff. Yeah, if you've never been somewhere where there's abject poverty, right. you don't understand what it is. you've experienced having to help yes. somebody who's been, you know, disabled in some yes. way. Right? You, your able-bodied experience, I know you don't want to wait that extra five minutes to do whatever, and you want it now because you're a petulant child, you know, at the end of the day, you may be in a position, like you said, I, I don't wish anything upon people, but you no. may be in a position one day where you're, you become legitimately handicapped, and only then will you truly understand why these things exist, exist. you know, for people that are, are you know. I, I dated a, uh, a girl at, a, at 18 years old, and you're at that young punk age still, right? Um, her dad had major MS. Yeah. Right. And the one thing he sat there, I was like, ah, I'll be a while because he parked in a handicap and I was pulling up and I go, I'll be a bit. The parking lot's packed. Uh, I might have to walk across the damn, you know, street and go park over there. And he goes, just remember, I would love to be able to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that I, comment changed my life. Like sure. I, great. I, I need to stand in line for four hours. God bless that. I'm able to stand for four hours, right? Like that's like working out too, though. Instead of I got, I got to work out today. I get to. I, I get to work. To. Out I get to work out. No, I mean, you know, we were one of my wife's dear friends. Her daughter just went through like the Walker, the Walker mm -hmm. with the, with the kids during the fight. My one of my wife's friends from high school. Her daughter had that same exact cancer and just got cleared from it. Like oh, good a month ago till two days ago uh, and she needed brain surgery. So, you know, she went through brain surgery yesterday. She's out now. She's stable. She's fine. And, but the point being is all day yesterday, it's like anything that inconvenience, the flight's getting canceled, all of this stuff that did get inconvenience. It's like, dude, at least neither one of my kids is in brain surgery right now. Yeah. Yeah. If you, you can, I mean? it's hard to keep that perspective though. You know, people, um, and this goes to business, this goes to everything, everybody, everybody, the world is relative. Your happiness is relative. Yep. Everything's relative to what you have, right? If you take a kid who gets $100 a month in allowance and a kid who gets 1000 mm -hmm. and you cut the kid with 100 to 50 and the kid with 1000 to 500 they both suffer the same amount of psychological stress. Yeah. So it's, oh, it's not always fair to shit on people either that are overprivileged relative to underprivileged people, mm -hmm. right? Because their stress is real. What's good is to implement those kind of reminders or those experiences that allow you to understand you know, what, how it could be.
Well, I think, you, you know, back to, you know, talk about kid raising, whatever. For us, it's a couple of things. It's all about, it's all about moderation. It's all about everything in moderation. I mean, well, our kids, like my son, the lacrosse, he wanted McDonald's. Fine. Am I going to feed it to him every day? Absolutely not. Do they eat a good balanced diet? Yes, they absolutely do. But I think more to point of that is I tell my kid, like, like my son is playing lacrosse. My daughter is in cheerleading. But the point being is it's like, I don't care what you what you do but you're doing something. Right. Yep. You got, you got to do something. You can't do nothing. My, my and way too many kids in this country right now are doing nothing, but, yep. but thumbs at a screen, but that's their parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or their parents will say, Oh, well, um, uh, they play piano. It's like, no, 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 it's not no, just no, no, an no, activity. No. <laughs> your body's connected to your brain. Yeah. When one is out of balance, so is the other. I hear people online all the time. And again, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not dealing with people clinically all the time, but I will tell you this. I bet you, and I'll take that $10,000 bet, John. Oh, I'll take. I'll put out my own ten thousand dollar bet. You take everybody that has a lot of problems with. I'm on SSRIs. I'm on all these things. I'm I'm depressed. I have anxiety and stuff. And I will guarantee you that more than fifty percent of them don't live a physically healthy lifestyle, right? And weren't um, actively involved in sports as kids. Yeah, because something like. Women that play sports as kids have the lowest rates of teen pregnancy. They have the highest rates of being like straight A students. It's all these things because if you can exhaust your physical body, then at least your brain can, you know what I mean, um, function in, in harmony with it. So Yeah. No, I, I just, I agree. Cool. Well, no, I totally agree. I mean, my, my dad was the same way. You're, you're doing something, right? We, you we play a sport, right? <laughs> we like, well, no, we but. did. I we would sometimes leave because our bas- or football season, if we made it in playoffs, overlapped with basketball. basketball. I mean, we were playing all the time, and, you know, it kept us. The kids that did not go – so I'm from Utah. Utah has a huge drug problem. People don't realize that Utah's the epicenter for, you know, Oxycontin and stuff like that. I have that's, that's not a, that's not against the rules for Mormons. No, right? no, because you can't smell it on their breath, right? Like you can <laughs> weed, like you can alcohol. Last count, and this uh, I'm 38, so how long you been out? 20 years? Okay, so last count was probably a decade ago. I think I had 21 kids that I knew from my senior class OD'd, right? And Jesus. out of those 21, 19 to 20 of them were ones that didn't play sports. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm telling you. Absolutely. You can draw a line. And just like everything, you know, you ever hear that's like Norm McDonald smoking thing? Mm. It's like, uh, yeah, I can always find you the outlier of whatever, yeah. okay? But think about averages. Look hard enough, yeah. yeah. Think about the averages, right? You can always say, well, I know a guy that he quit college and became a millionaire. It's like, yeah, but most millionaires you know, right, are, went to, are, were in med school, which mm-hmm. was difficult. It, mm-hmm. It's one of those things where you can't bank on the outlier. Here's a, here's a question. Is it okay to talk to people? Like, is it okay to say, like, dude, you got to get your kid in sports. What are you doing? Like, is that... Is that taboo? Is that off the table? Yeah, I mean, to have an honest co- people you know that are friends of yours. If it's your niece, your nephew, these people, is it okay I to think have that conversation? Good ways that like, and that comes down to psychology. How do you? How are you persuasive without being off putting? Right. How to be persuasive and say, hey, why don't you get your kids playing soccer with mine? They really enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, because you're right. A lot of right. times, these parents go, well, they really haven't said they wanted to play sports. They like to sit in their room and play on their and iPad. Play video. Yep. <laughs> Well, I know they do. Of course, I'd like to sit there and eat ice cream all day, too. Because I I think the problem is, is, you know, our our kids are our pride and joy, regardless of, you know, trust me. I mean, we all, everybody can look at people's kids and be like, ah, you got a good kid there, or what's going on there. But everybody thinks their kids are wonderful, because you should. That's the love you feel for your kids, and it's how it is. But I think when it comes to stuff like that, 
people just their ego takes over faster than their brain yep. and they're just like oh, Got fence well, up. you don't understand they've they have whatever or they have this and, and it's like maybe they shouldn't be eating Kentucky Fried Chicken four or five times a day. Right, right. Well, yeah, you know, John, that's actually a good point, too. How many people do you meet where their kids have some ailment? And I go, have you really had them? Like, do they, are they physically exhausted often? Yeah. I was like, oh, well, he can't because he's got this. Parents will make up <laughs> the excuses oh, to protect yeah. your kids, and it's not to protect their kids. It's to you know, protect no, them being a bad parent. No, that's what it is. There's a reason I'm laughing. There's a reason I'm laughing. It's because... I just realized Kentucky Fried Chicken was my go-to unhealthy food, and why was Kentucky Fried Chicken my unhealthy food? Because this is another Egypt fun fact. <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. Why is Kentucky Fried Chicken an absolute delicacy in every part of the world? I mean, dude, have you had the new chicken sandwich? No, I'm from there? no. phenomenal. <laughs> but I'm telling, but I'm phenomenal. telling you, we're listening to this music <laughs> while we're in Egypt, <laughs> right? And it's every, and I'm not talking about one guy. Everywhere we went, we heard this music, and it was like. Okay, we're gonna play something for you now. This is a the, banger. The banger. The elders don't like it. Yeah, this is like Elvis. This was Elvis pissing off the old yeah, people. Yeah, the, the, the elder. The elders do not like. I almost got to pull my phone. Up. <laughs> don't get me started. Do you guys? No, 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 no. Like Elvis? No, no, no. They're like, they're like, they're like, they're like, they're like, they're like. You know, the, the lyrics are just. Or, a lot there. Really. And and so here I'm gonna give. I'll give you a little. So, I'll, why I'll, why you go on that? You really like Elvis, Chris? Okay. I thought oh. it's horrible. I'm going to give you a little. All right. Yeah, here we go. Big tap. <laughs> All right. So this is a banger in Egypt right here. That's a banger. It should be a banger right here. <laughs> we cleared no, ASCAP to the point, my phone. Okay, right. No, to the point where literally in my in my Uber yesterday in, <laughs> in Anaheim, my driver is from Egypt. And I'm like, oh, you're from Egypt? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, do you like Aquati? He's like, oh, pull it right up his phone. Pulled He's jamming right, that out. Already had it. Right. The lyrics <laughs> to this song include such massively offensive things as, as I'm riding in my car with my orange cat. <laughs> My orange cat beside. I just I'm a orange cat beside. I just bought him a liver sandwich and a hot dog, and he did not take a sip of my Pepsi. There's that. Then there's calm down, John. This I know. Is for I know. It's for kids. It's for kids. Children. And then there's and then now it gets a little racy. Cold. Here it comes. You ready? I my my mind is a hair salon. People come in and out. This is how many times we heard the song. We looked up the words enough to know what the words are. My mind is a hair salon. People come in and out. I see you. I'm going to make you my mother-in-law. And at our wedding. Kentucky Fried Chicken for everyone. <laughs> for everyone. The best part and of then, it though is he goes, "I'm only I, I only make friends with tough guys, even if you have a Ferrari." <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, these so, are pr- so, now I so see. And now it, no, maybe I, that's going to be you know what? Screw being Olympian. I'm going to become a uh, rap lord. We, we, we made this comment. They did not find it funny. No. <laughs> well, you got to remember. It's so funny because this is what we call Chinese math. Here's another uh, business lesson. Um, not to bring it back, but people always think that if this works here, it will work there, right? People yeah. don't understand necessarily culture and customs, why it works. So Hussein, love him, but he likes that old classical Egyptian Loves music. It. He says, I'm into classical music. And I'm thinking, hey, like Bach, Mozart? No. It's like, not at all. They He has old Arabic, you know, yeah, Islamic on his phone. songs. And that's what he listens to. He's a he's a 38-year-old guy. He, yeah. You know, he's not Still, listening yeah. to bangers. He's not no. listening to club music. He's listening to old, and it's because as a kid, 
that's probably what he heard in his house. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. a lot of times people like country in my estimation. Yeah, and the, whole, and the whole time they grew up with it, so they're familiar with it. And in the front seat, the whole time he's dancing like this. <laughs> right, he's, he's loving it. Like he, <laughs> so if you can't see me, you're gonna have to check that on YouTube because uh, <laughs> that's a thing called Chinese. Math, the whole time right? he's doing if, it. If right. I can get one out of yeah. a thousand people here, I can have a million customers. Well, it's right? just, you look at uh, Hasselhoff. Look how big he is in Germany still, right? Have you right. heard the music? It's terrible. Like you it's, can't. It's awful. You've that music in Egypt, a lot of it is unlistenable. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, it it's awful music. I can't, you can't listen to it. Right. But for them, it's it's got this. Like, so you can't just up, drop yeah. a ludicrous song in the middle of Egypt and no, expect you can't it to take off. You can't. They don't even hear I'll music a lot of times. Although you know what though, I think Luda transcends. <laughs> I think Luda Trades. Talk about know, a bad performance. At well, on halftime, no, no one you, talked about it, so I was wondering if it was that bad. What an effortless. But I'll tell you who is a great actor and who gave great performance was you in Egypt. And here, let me tell you about a story that Chris gave the performance of the year. And here's what happened. So, of course, we found out the beer is like 1%. <laughs> You're drinking like... They, they say 4%, it's, but it's probably yeah, one, one. Yeah, No, it's it's literally like trying to get drunk drinking O'Doul's. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> or pounding this stuff. I can't do it. Because it's, it's not haram. And a glass of Jack Daniels at our, at our hotel, which was very nice, was like 40 bucks American. $45 really? yeah. a glass of Jack Daniels. I, I don't want to drink that bad. Really? Right? I don't want to drink that bad. 45. So Chris gets on whatever app you were on. Well, they, this guy tells me. <laughs> oh. The drinkies. Remember the guy... Oh, they, we run into a dude at the, at the casino there that's like, after talking to this guy, he's from New York. That's a whole story. In a that's second. a whole thing. After talking to this guy, okay, rule of thumb. If you produce records for the Wu-Tang Clan, lead with that. As don't, opposed to, yeah, yeah, Don't drop shooting, that two hours later. I'm here doing sound for an Egyptian show that's kind of going to be like the blacklist. Yeah. All Egyptian actors are like, cool, so we're talking to this guy. He's like, yeah, there's this app you can have alcohol delivered to your hotel. I'm like, oh, cool. Anyway, what's your name? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. His name was Billy Music. And he goes, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, are you, you like produce music of other stuff? Yeah, like, where are you at? For goes, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do all the Wu-Tang's out. I'm like, we've been here <laughs> this two, whole time. For two hours. hours. And you're not dropping the Wu-Tang clan on this? <laughs> you're like, like wait, really? wait. Oh, yeah, he's like, yeah, I did RZA, did Method Man. We're like, what? Raekwon's last it, time. Yeah, yeah. and this is like the whitest dude, in, this, well, the whitest right. dude in Egypt for sure. <laughs> but really? Anyway. Yeah. At a casino where they give you in Egypt American money to play with. I, I, but you, I now, now I know on. why. Because it's haram. It's, it's haram. You cannot Gambling's gamble with Egyptian Egypt. money. So they give you American money. Well, that's a currency. It, yeah. And it's on the third floor of our hotel. Yeah. It was this, it wasn't even a bad little casino. It wasn't. It was like a cruise ship casino. Cruise ship casino, but. Yeah. You know, we, we weren't expecting there to be one and because there's nothing else to do. We yeah. went up there one time. And, and they drank. Does it make it they, right they to use loopholes No, 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 like no, no. no. But, like, they, but you, you cannot go in that casino if you're Egyptian. Yeah, we had to show our passports and We to were not in, Egyptian to even get in the casino. In our hotel. How yeah. do you feel about that? About, there's <sighs> I'm a religions limit, I'm that. I'm like a free market guy. I believe that you should be able to have what you want. sins and vices. As yeah, do what you want. Harm people. I yeah, don't gamble, do really. I gamble twice a year, maybe. Yeah. I, I've spent less than you know hundred bucks a year lifetime gambling for as long as I've lived here. When so. you were doing what I told you, you were making, you were winning. I'd like to point yeah, that making out. Making the bank, so but I, it's one of those I, cru- I, cru- I, I crushed. Were, I crushed. What were you uh, playing? I was playing. Uh, I was playing deuces on a machine, and the and the, and the video poker machines were super rigged for the house. <laughs> like, well, no, 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 no. The low, the low, the low pass. We get dude a, like a royal with no deuces paid like seven fifty instead of four thousand. Oh, wow. it, it was brutal. Wow. But anyway, I. I, I won like 300 bucks. I, I put in 100. Oh, yeah. I won 100, cash out 600. So, and that was a whole he thing. paid for that, a ski trip. Yeah. Right? I paid for everything <laughs> that was there, which was good. But no, but, but 
but back to the back to the acting job. So he meets the Wu Tang dude who tells him uh, we're getting we're getting booze delivered to the room, and I'm, I'm I think I'm asleep when he's doing this because I mean because <laughs> literally it was like just sleep when you can. I mean right. I felt because yeah. we were so jet lagged, and you're like your sleep here is four hours there, two hours here, whatever. It all adds up. So I'm, I think I'm sleeping. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to order some booze off this app. I'm like, what are you talking about? What app? He's like, no, 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 no. I get whiskey. I get vodka. I'm like, what kind? He goes, it just says whiskey, vodka. I'm like, okay. So he orders off. it and it shows up and it's like, you know, uh, Controy, <laughs> whatever, whatever it was. Really? But, it, but it was like a decent, I mean, it was a glass bottle. It wasn't plastic. Both it was nice glass bottles, yeah. but, they, but they were in And Arabic. it came yeah, like they were pretty Arabic. quick. Five minutes. Yeah, it was, it was fast. Wait, Remarkable. What? It was fast. Yeah, it was fast. We just delivered to our thing in five, 10 minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes. So really? then we get it, and then Chris calls down. Here's the acting, right? And Chris calls down to the down, down downstairs, and he has uh, some Cokes and some Sprites sent up. He says, I'll oh, bring me a bucket of ice. Brings the ice. And I'm sitting there and thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. Ice shows up. Coke shows up. I'm looking at this whiskey bottle. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what kind of, I don't even know what kind of booze this is. Like, I don't even know what this is. It just says whiskey, whiskey. on it and some Arabic writing. I have no idea. And uh, he's like, no, 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 it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. So he, he, so first of all, he starts pouring a drink and I go, man, I don't know about that ice. I don't know about the ice. And he goes, no, you know, we were in a nice hotel. I go, I don't know about the ice. So this is the acting job Chris does. He calls down to the front desk and this is all I hear. Uh, yes. Uh, we just got some drinks and some ice delivered to our room. I just want to make sure that the ice is filtered. Filtered. Filtered ice, 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 cold water. Filtered, filtered, filtered. Filbert. And he hangs up. He goes, Filbert. Yeah, it's filtered. Yeah, it's filtered. You know, <laughs> I go, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, re- there is what zero said. chance that That's dude understands a word he just said. <laughs> no. He's like, no, yeah, it's filtered. It's fine. It's good. No, but you guys so both look a lot leaner now. He said, what? <laughs> you guys look no. cleaner. So, so anyway. This, yes, filtered. Yes, okay. Filtered. Yeah, yes, filtered. I mean, yes, he needed hey, no clue to what he was saying. Good to go. Now, okay, so here's the problem with me. Now this, now, this goes back onto personal responsibility and life choices. I knew the guy didn't know what he was saying. I knew he was overconfident in the quality of the ice. So what do I do? I drink the damn drink. Yeah. Well, I took technically one sip of each because they both taste like straight gasoline. <laughs> it was. And, like, the next day, I'm like... And we ate, we ate some we ate some roadside duck. Which uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it was the the glasses in uh, in Al Fayoum. Oh. Didn't really see a lot of hygiene when he was <laughs> sloshing water around it with his bare hands. It's like uh, vacation can help you with that Kool Aid, please. Yeah, yeah, please, yeah. Vicky, please can help Note you. Note to self: Drink out of those paper cups. Don't ask for glasses. Yes. Right. Anyway, so the suspect <laughs> it was either the road duck or the ice. I don't know whatever it was. But the next day, I'm sound, I'm kind of like you know everything's fine. You're like, oh wait a second, <laughs> a little gurgle there, dude. And then you know you have upset stomachs. You're like, oh that's all. I'll be fine in a couple of days. It'll be fine. It'll go away. Blah blah. blah. Dude, like. I tr- I leave to travel home and it's still bad the whole way home. Ugh. I get home and it's n- I'm five days into it now. Two days later, I'm like I gotta go. I finally do the now clinic and the lady's like, "Yeah, you need some pretty serious antibiotics." <laughs> He's like, "We're gonna hook you up with the double Z pack. Get oh, you five hundred really? milligram- five hundred milligrams wow. a day instead of two fifty. I'm pounding that. I'm texting him who's still in Egypt. He's yeah. like, "Man, this is brutal." I'm like, "Bro, get a Z pack. You're not gonna get any better. <laughs> like, you need to get Z-pack. ahead of this." Yeah. He does this. Yeah, it was. Now, first of all, it was totally worth it, but still, it was it was as bad of as as an upset stomach as I have ever. Is the airplane the worst place to get an upset stomach? Yeah. I feel like no. It is. I'd say airplane. Egypt in general. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably not a lot of yeah. public not a lot of, not a lot of toilet well, paper just, going around. Right just in. don't feel great, and it's just yeah. 
I mean, that's the thing, right? You're introducing yourself to different environments. You're going right. to, you know, I mean, wherever it is, you're eating foods with different chemical and bacteria makeups. So, yeah. Even if it's part of the part yeah. of the gig. Yeah, part of the gig. Well, to wrap it up again, if you ever get a chance to go to Egypt, our guy Hussein is definitely the guy you want with his unique man there. Because here's another thing. And if you're worried about it, we didn't even talk about this. And one more thing about it before we jump off. If, if you're worried about traveling to, to Egypt at all, don't be. Because some American tourists got killed, I guess, by the Muslim Brotherhood back in 97. And that's a good thing. And here's why it's a good thing. <laughs> what? Not so much for their families. <laughs> that's a cold comment. <laughs> that's a cold, not so much, no, not so much uh, for their families. No, but what, that, I, what, uh, I, what I mean is yeah. <laughs> tourism to Egypt died for like three years completely. Americans stopped going because I mean, brother, they were killing them. So the Egyptian government came back and said, here's what we'll do. As long as you're with a licensed tour guide, we will provide an armed military or police escort everywhere you go. Yeah, we we had police with us the whole leg, right, from where we were to the middle of the Saharan Desert. Where I would like to mention, we did get cell service somehow, enough that we could pay, play Back in Black by ACDC. Yes, or flying which was really? awesome. Desert. I still to it was this an Iron day, Man moment. That was, Can't get in my that was one from, from Odin to me there because it was something very yeah. amazing. It was it was it was pretty cool. So if you're if you're worried about it, don't be. If you go with a licensed tour group, you'll have a police escort everywhere you go. Also, if you're a cool. Nazi pilot, I would probably stay at a certain. <laughs> <area>. <laughs> yep, that's true. That's true. <laughs> they found a, they found a body of a Nazi pilot um, buried in one of the caves in the middle of Sahara, and he'd carved in this iron cross into a rock and his numbers, and they shipped his his remains back to back to Germany and sort of one of those things I'm like, man, that would really suck to have your last days be in the Saharan desert. But maybe don't be a Nazi. Don't be a fucking Nazi. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if you like what we do, make sure you tell a friend and uh, have them tune in and subscribe as well. If you hate what we do, tell two people. Why is that? Three people. Why doesn't matter do? as long as they keep talking. Doesn't matter what the other talking as long as they're talking. Maybe don't be a fucking Nazi. <laughs> Maybe hey, don't it's be John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com. <laughs> we'll share any links that we've things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford. I'm here. Give me a shout. <laughs>